We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. HBO Sports and the NFL Films are partnering with the Detroit Lions for an unfiltered, all-access look at what it takes to make it in the National Football League with Hard Knocks, training camp with the Detroit Lions. This season will chronicle head coach Dan Campbell entering his second season, leading an intriguing mix of young emerging stars and established veterans throughout training camp and the preseason. Hard Knocks will mark the 17th edition of the 18-time Sports Emmy winning series and the most acclaimed serialized sports series on television. Stream the new season now on HBO Max. Hard Knocks, training camp with the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the post-game show of the Lions-Steelers final preseason game. The Lions do or are defeated in this game, lose this game 19-9 to at hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Saw some starters out there in the first half, saw the Pittsburgh starters in there in the first half, and then we saw our reserves in the second half, and it was... A pretty ugly game all around. From start to finish, it was a pretty ugly game. I got my man, Mr. Malcolm Hart. Malcolm, how are you doing, man? Yerp, what's going on, man? I'm doing I'm doing okay, I guess. After watching that game, that game gave me a headache. I mean, that was, I mean, offensively, one of the ugliest offensive games I've ever seen. I've seen in a very, very, very long time. I guess it was because of the quarterbacks, but we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that, man. Let's just get into it right now. I mean, there's not a backup quarterback on this team right now. Shit, can you throw? Can you throw the ball? Are, are you able to uh, potentially try out for the team? Because that, that whole backup quarterback position for Detroit looks awful. That's bad, man. I mean, yeah, it looks terrible. There was like just n- not a single moment in this game where it's like, oh, here's an encouraging moment by Blau. Here's an encouraging moment by Boyle. I mean, the only positive place they got while passing the ball is when Blau is 
escaping the pocket, and he does some random bullshit flip with some with his underhand, and, and it ends up being like a twelve yard gain. But other than that, th- there was nothing positive passing the ball with either of these quarterbacks today. Tim Boyle had one of the worst interceptions where you would think when he was throwing that ball to Sutton, you would think Sutton was a receiver for the Detroit Lions. It was that bad of a ball. Like, I mean, there just was no encouraging moments for either guy. Yeah. And the thing is, it's a little frustrating because, I mean, we kind of all knew that these guys are not really quarterback backup worthy. Mm-hmm. We, we knew this from last year. And we brought him back in. You know, we brought both of them back for him to compete for the backup role. But we already knew that they weren't backup worthy. Yeah. Like, we could have got anybody else. There's a lot of guys out there in free agency that we could have got, but they decided to stick with their guns and to bring back Tim Boyle and David Blau. These guys are they're quarterback threes. They're not, none of these guys are legit quarterback twos. Like, none of these guys you can say with confidence. Damn it, damn, damn a long-term situation, but if Jared Goff misses a game, just one game, damn it, if Jared Goff misses three quarters and you need these guys to come in and play three quarters, do you have any confidence that we will win that game? No, I'm taking the money line to the other team immediately. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't have any confidence that any of these guys can come in. I don't care if it's for a half. I don't care if it's for a goddamn quarter. I don't care if it's a game. None, none of these guys, either David Blau, Tim Boyle, if, if golf is out, we're going to lose that game. They just don't have – like, both guys have got so many opportunities in this preseason and camp just to pull away from each other, and no one did. Like, they just didn't have that hunger to, just to pull away. I mean, Boyle gets the opportunity, doesn't do shit with it. Blau gets an opportunity, doesn't do shit with it. Goes back to Boyle today, doesn't do shit with it. Boy, uh, Blau, again, gets another opportunity with the first team, doesn't do shit with it. Versus backups, don't do shit with it. I mean, like, like, where are you, like, what is someone going to separate themselves from each other in a positive way? Like, I could go to this other position in this in this team right now. These guys are making arguments and they're trying to pull away from each other, but then this guy makes a play in a positive way, and that's how they're separating each other. But the quarterbacks is the complete opposite. There's no one trying to separate from each other. They're the ex- same exact guy with different traits, but they're both. Garbage. They both suck. They're not backup quarterbacks. It's terrible. I mean, what they should have did is if you're gonna bring both of these guys back, they should have brought back. They should have brought in a third guy. They should have brought in a third guy to compete with those two, not just those two who we already seen last year to compete for a backup job that you know that these guys are not backup worthy. Yeah, it's like one thing if they never got game action, but like golf missed some time last year. Like, Boyle got an opportunity last year. What did he do to earn another opportunity to compete for the quarterback two spot here? I don't know, man. Maybe they like the way he he holds a clipboard. And and, and to compete with the same guy that you had zero faith ever put in a game while Tim Boyle was hurt. Maybe they like the way he holds a clipboard. That's fine. Keep him as quarterback three. I mean, I don't know, man. These these guys, they they should have brought somebody else in. And this is a really bad situation for Detroit because now it's like, all right, golf is our guy. We know he's our quarterback, but if something happens to him, we're fucked. I don't want to look too deep into it because at the end of the day, it's just, it is just a backup quarterback. And I, I think any way that we looked at this, whatever they did in the offseason, whoever they were to bring in, 
if golf were to ever go down, like the season's already like messed up from there. Like, right. Like I don't want to look too deep into it because I, I just, that's how I look at it. If golf goes down, I didn't really think there was going to be an answer at the back quarterback this offseason that they were going to be able to really figure out. So I don't want to like be too pissed off about it, but like when you have to watch these guys for three games, it just reminds you how bad they really are. But I'm just glad that the preseason's finally over and that I hopefully never have to watch either of these guys ever play again. So. Me, yeah, me too. I mean, golf is pretty. He, he he doesn't get hurt too much. He doesn't get hurt like that. So I mean, hopefully, you know, like you said, we hopefully we don't have ever have to see these guys. Yeah, yeah, man. That'll it's... be best case. That'll be best case scenario. All right. Let's talk about some actual meaningful positions of guys that might actually have some value to this team because I just want to get that out of the way because those guys are just so disappointing, both of them, and, and just continue today. But let's – Terrible. Terrible. Talk about, I want to talk about the running backs right now because I am so confused with this position. Uh, position. I, like I, I, I am so confused in the direction that they go with this position. We obviously know DeAndre Swift's a lock. We obviously know Jamal Williams are a lock. They didn't play today. But after that – I thought Craig Reynolds had a pretty good shot of being the team's um, running back three. But then today's game indicated that might not be the case. I mean, he played in a lot of, you know, fourth quarter snaps. And I, I, I'm just really confused with the position. Malcolm, how are you feeling about that running back spot right now? How do I feel? I feel great about it, man. What are you talking about? This is a really great situation to no, be I feel in. No, I, I feel good. I'm just saying, how are you feeling with the guys that might be there? Like, how, how, how are you feeling of... Who do you think is going to be in that spot? I have a feeling between Deuce Daly and Dan Campbell, they're going to get the best maybe three or four guys for that position. Mm-hmm. Now, who is it going to be? That's the tough part. That's the tough part because they all played really well in their own ways. You know, I think Craig Reynolds played well in his own way. Justin Jackson played well in his own way. Um, Godwin Ikebike played well in his own way. So I think those three guys, they, they all could contribute to something different. In a positive way. Now you may have to release two of them. May have to release. Um, may have to release just one of them. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. If you had to predict right now, who do you think is making this team in this running back room? Obviously Swift. Obviously Williams. What about after that? I'm going with Justin Jackson. Okay. I'm going. I'm going with Justin Jackson because I think that he played. I think he just he's he's able to do a lot, man. And they actually are able to you know put him in special teams. And give me one second. Okay, I'm just going to carry what Malcolm said. Uh, yeah, Justin Jackson played some kick return today, and they were both good returns, but they both had holds with them. So it's kind of really hard to, to judge what he really uh, did with those returns. I, but, I, go ahead. I am sorry. My daughter was in my face, and I had <laughs> No problem. Go ahead. Finish yeah, this. yeah. No, no, man. I think Justin Jefferson, I think you're able to see a lot what he's able to do. They put him in special teams. You saw he was able to, co- to contribute in a special team role because they wanted to get, you know, they want to get as much looks for him as possible. So you saw him in special teams. You saw Craig Reynolds in special teams. I like that they did that. Just to show that, you know, maybe these guys can be more versatile than just that one position. Yeah. So they did that with a handful of guys today. We saw them in unfamiliar roles. A lot of guys play special teams, which is really good. And um, I think Justin Jackson, I think when he played the special team, I think he played it really well when he was out there. So I had him as my running back four, and uh, I was kind of juggling with it. Today, I'm sticking with it. I still have him as my running back four. Could be running back three. I don't know, man. I think Craig Reynolds is on the hot seat depending on where they see Craig Reynolds. Do you keep a Craig Reynolds and a Justin Jackson? 
Hey, Prime Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, so the betters can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so betters can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, yeah. do you keep both of them? Because I, I love, I love Craig Reynolds' story. His story is awesome. But at the end of the day, who do you think would be the better? Who, who do you think is the better running back? It's a good question, and it's like I like that you offer the the question is like, do you keep both those style of running backs? Because when you really look at it, they are kind of similar in the same way, right? Like I think Godwin Ikebike is a different style of running back than Craig Reynolds and Justin Jackson. So maybe they would want to carry a guy like that because he offers a different aspect in the. Sorry, I was just gonna call, um, but maybe maybe, maybe a guy like Ikebuke <laughs> offers something a little different in the running back room, and they carry a guy like Jackson with him rather than keep Reynolds and Jackson. If I had to predict right now, I think I'm gonna carry four of them, and I think I'm gonna carry Jackson and Reynolds, even though they are kind of similar. I just think they're the two best guys that we have in the room. I think they're a little better than Jefferson and uh, Ikebuke. Yeah, I even bring up I even bring up Justin Jefferson. He, Jamar he, Jefferson. You know, he's a young guy. Jamar Jefferson. Yeah, he's a young guy who um, I think he's he, he needs time. He needs time. So I think you know, if you put him on special team, I think he'll be special team. I think practice squad. You know, he probably give him some more reps in practice squad. He'll be good. But the running backs that they have right now, they're just better than him. Mm-hmm. 
So so you actually switched from Justin Jackson to Godwin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You switched I, I from was, Godwin to I Justin Jackson. Jackson in right now over it could be okay. Okay. And I'm going to give you another why, a reason why I think they might do this. So the receiving room right now, I think we know the four locks, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond. Those guys are all locks, right? Today was a bit confusing of what they're going to do afterwards with that position. Are they going to carry five? Are they going to carry six? Are they going to carry maybe even seven guys? Seven might be a little too rich. I think it's going to be anywhere from five to six. I think six, six might be the number, right? Um, I don't know. There wasn't really many guys I saw today that really separated themselves to to making the team. Cephas was a guy who was playing with the team early on, but then was playing in the fourth quarter as well. Had a pretty bad drop at the end of the game, uh, towards the end of the game. Um, Trinity Benson got targeted a couple times. Not the greatest balls to him. Um, Tom Kennedy has been great. All of training camp been great in the preseason. Didn't really do much today. And then Khalil Pimpleton had, I think, one or two drops today. One of them should have been a touchdown, but he dropped it. So receiving room is, you know, the, the back end, I think, is the depth. I think that one's a tough call right now, too. It, it's hard to predict on who's going who's gonna to finish out the roster that position. Who do you have right now? I don't think anything changes for me as far as who I have making that roster. Um, the thing is, the, the, because the quarterback play was so bad, it trickled down to the receivers mm-hmm. as well. Now, I didn't get to, you know, this is immediately after the game, so we didn't get to see any, you know, tape of, you know, maybe the see if the wide receiver was getting open, how the routes, you know, maybe 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 Pittsburgh was just playing really good coverage, and we just can't see it. And that's probably why the quarterbacks sucked ass. I mean, there's so many factors just to say, okay, just blaming on the quarterbacks that you, you can't really say right now. But uh, as of right now, I think everything nobody stood out. So because of that, uh, keeping everything the same. The only person that might be in a hot seat right now could be Will Harris, and because Will Harris played the four, he was playing the fourth quarter. For for people who's like kind of new in football, I mean, when you play the last preseason game and you're in the fourth quarter, it, it's kind of it's kind of a red flag. That means you could be in the hot seat. Now, seeing Will Harris is there in in the fourth quarter, it could indicate that maybe Jerry Jacobs is closer to return than I think he is now. Could Savion Smith be a guy who could, who they trust more? I, I, I don't know. Cause I think Savion Smith played horrible today. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had that one, that nice tackle, but he played horrible today. I mean, they they just kept attacking him. There's all like Pittsburgh like circled him. I'm like, all right, we're gonna keep attacking number nineteen. Yeah. So, do you trust Savion Smith over Will Harris? Not me. But I think it's something deeper. Maybe Mike Hughes. Maybe they trust Mike Hughes to play either outside or inside if needed, and they probably just don't need Will Harris. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, with the corners, we kind of saw, like, we knew their guys. Akuda, Amani, they got, those guys started the game on the outside. Like, those guys were locks, obviously, right? Yeah. After that, you saw kind of a mixed bag. You saw some Mike Hughes. You saw some A.J. Parker. You saw some Will Harris a lot towards the end of the game as well. You saw some Savion Smith. You saw some Mark Gilbert. Didn't even see Cedric Boswell. I think that's pretty much the telling on the on the wall that he doesn't really have a shot at all making oh, yeah, the team. He's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah he's, he's cut. But um, yeah, cornerback is 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 interesting right now. I think a, a interesting battle that I didn't really factor in as much because I just kind of thought the guy was a lock to be the starting nickel, but. AJ Parker and Mike Hughes, I think there's there's something there potentially for the starting nickel spot. I mean, they were rotating both those guys between drives. One drive it was Parker, one drive it was Hughes. 
Um, so I, I think that competition is a little more, a little more bigger than I than I originally anticipated it to be. So we'll see who they end up, you know, carrying or who ends up being the starting nickel, and are they going to carry both AJ Parker and Mike Hughes because they do have another guy, Chase Lucas, who could play the nickel corner, and do you want to carry three nickel corners? That could be a bit rich. I don't know if you need three nickel corners. So it's going to be interesting to see if whoever wins that starting job, will they end up keeping all three of those guys? I think Lucas is a lot to make this team because he's just been really good. He's a guy that they're going to try to develop and they're going to try to keep him on this 53, right? But I think Parker and Hughes is, is, is an interesting battle right now. Yeah, that, that, to be honest with you, I think, I think A.J. Parker is more of a guy who's on the hotter seat than Mike Hughes, because Mike Hughes showed today, and I'm not sure, I could be wrong. I need to see um, AJ Parker much in special teams. Now, Mike Hughes, he was playing gunner. He should, he's playing a gunner role. You know, he was showing some versatility that he could play some special teams. So you have a guy who's playing nickel and he can play special teams. I mean, shoot. And the outside, he, AJ Parker can't play the outside. Yeah, he, he could also play the outside. Exactly. I think he's actually he's actually a better corner on the outside because that's where he had his best year last year. With Kansas, we can't say playing on the outside uh, as an outside corner. So, I I really it was not looking too good for AJ Parker. It's not looking good. I mean, I would keep him. I'm I'm pretty sure if they did cut him, I don't I don't think he'll last. You know, the waiver for the Lions to be able to put him in the practice squad. I think that team scoops him up because he's a solid. He's a solid nickel. The thing with Parker is just like yeah, you mentioned, he doesn't really have the versatility. He's just really a nickel corner. Yeah, he doesn't really, he doesn't really do much outside of that. And he's a he's a solid nickel corner, but like you know, he doesn't do much special teams. Doesn't play the outside. He's just a nickel corner. Where you know, Mike Hughes, he offers some versatility. Plays a nickel. Plays the outside. Played Gunner today. So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. And Mike so, Hughes was solid today. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, he was solid. And. Let me let me this is this question. Put this question out there. If you had a pick today, do you see him? Do you see him making a roster, or and do you see Will Harris making a roster? So you, AJ Parker, AJ Parker oh, and Will okay. Harris. Do you have them making a roster? <sighs> Will Harris, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say no on AJ Parker. That's that's tough, and that's probably shocking for for me to say that because I, I just didn't think that was even really much of a possibility. The thing with Will Harris, I, I think he could be a place gap to be the starting – or not starting, the backup outside outside corner for the time being that Jerry Jacobs might miss because I just, I just don't think – Jerry's not going to be ready week one, right? And no, he's not. you're going to need a, a backup outside corner. And I just don't think there's been a guy that's necessarily – stood out at the outside corner where I would keep him over Will Harris. Now, here's a scenario. Here's a scenario. You could keep Mike Hughes. You can keep A.J. Parker, right? You could start Mike Hughes in the nickel to start the season if you like him more, right? Let's say I'm just giving you a scenario right now, right? Start Mike Hughes in the nickel with Akuda and Amani. If one of those outside guys were to go down, you could – push Mike Hughes to the outside, and then you can get A.J. Parker from the bench to go start in the nickel at that point. So maybe I like that scenario more than I like Will Harris as, you know, than, than Will Harris. So maybe I'm going to flip it. I'm going to say A.J. Parker's in, Will Harris is out. I don't think both make it, though. Yeah, I think one of those guys may be cut. How do you have it? Do you have you have an A.J. in, Will out? 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to decide. I'm still trying to decide. Um, I would probably lean toward AJ out. Lean more towards AJ out than Will. Yeah, because I think Will is more versatile. You know, he could play. He could play safety as well. He yeah. could play nickel. He could, he, could, he could play nickel. He could play outside. I think. I think Will Will kind of establishes establish himself as a guy who could play pretty much all all the roles in the secondary. You know, so I I would probably keep him for that reason. I mean, AJ Parker is just a one trick pony. He can only play nickel. Hmm. Uh, okay, hold up. I got some breaking news. Dave Burkett asks if Jeff Okuda is starting corner. Yeah, I would, and Dan Campbell says yes. I would say that. So, if there's any questions about that, uh, Jeff yeah. Okuda starting. Jeff Okuda. I mean, he he surprised me this game, man. He played really well. He played well. He he, uh, he played coverage, good coverage, and he, that one PBU he had on um, Pickens was uh, played with really good coverage, man. Yeah. And that's all. Yeah. That's what. That's, that's not, these are the type of plays I want to see from Jeff Okuda. I want to see more stuff like this. You know, more PBUs because For I think sure. he like like his rookie like his time in Detroit. I could count on top of my hands like the amount of PBUs he had. Mm-hmm. It was probably like three, maybe two or three. You know, but stuff like this is good to see. You know, he's definitely getting more confident and in, in coverage, and I think the pass rush is going to help on that as well. So, you know, Jeff Okuda. I mean, shoot. <laughs> This is Jeff Kuda who I think we, that, you know, like I said, I do believe he could be a really good corner. This is the Jeff Kuda I think we're going to get, man. I think we could clearly I think we could clearly say Akuda was better than Whiters just I throughout mean, the preseason. I mean, it wasn't much of a competition. Yeah. It wasn't much of a competition. Well, I mean, Jeff Kuda was ahead of that competition the, the entire way. He probably was pissed off. I mean, if I was him, I'd be pissed off. Just to even be in a, in a, in a position battle with Will Harris. Not, not yeah. saying nothing against Will, but... Come on, man. As far as who you are, you know he 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 sees himself. He sees himself as an elite person. Yeah. But then you're saying, all right, you're in a position battle against a guy who just played. He just started corner yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You should. That should piss him off. Starting safety. Should, so yeah, starting safety. So yeah, he, he's starting safety. That's just started playing corner yesterday. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should be. He should be pissed off. It should have motivated him to play well, and it, it, it is. It looked like it did. So. That's what's up, man. All right. Uh, let's go on to the linebacker position because this was another position where we had some question marks of who is going to be a starter, not necessarily who's going to make the team. But Alex Angeloni, we know he's going to be a starter. Did you see anything in this game for you to be persuaded any other way? I know you were on the Rodrigo hype train for him to start. Did you see anything from Derek Barnes potentially to maybe persuade you to that he could win a starting job? The only way they will put Derek Barnes ahead of him is by you could say experience, even though it's only one year. But I still I still believe Malcolm is a better player. Even though Derek Barnes is balling out. I mean, hopefully they find a way to just have all three of them out there. But I think Malcolm's a better player. Yeah, I think uh there was nothing significant for me to like go like, oh, Derek Barnes is not the starter. I just think they're going to do what they've been doing the last couple of weeks, and I think it's going to be uh, Rodriguez and, and Alex Anteloni. Um, We got a, another quote from Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell said he got clarity today about the backup QB, but wouldn't elaborate. I'd love to know what clarity you got today. They're both not good. That's his clarity. He's like, shit, these guys are not good. Like, I, wasn't, I, don't, I don't know why he wasn't sure about that last year, but he these guys are not good. Yeah. 
I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta like as a as a coach, as a staff, you gotta put yourself in a situation and say, okay, I know this is good. I know this is a backup, but he's not supposed to be some elite or great player. Yeah. But can we survive a game if our starting quarterback goes out? Can't can can any of these guys help us survive a game if our starting quarterback goes out? And if you, not- if, you, if you answer yes, then guess what? You have your backup. But there's no way in hell. There's no way in hell you can you can set out confidence about these two guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. I don't know. So I don't want to keep talking about the bad quarterback just because, again, I, it's depressing. I, I just I just hope it doesn't come into play. I just don't want to see it come into play ever. <laughs> so hopefully, it just uh, I don't know. Forget about the bad quarterback. Let's talk about this defense. Still, we talked about the corners. We talked about the linebackers. Talk about this D line. I saw some interesting looks Ooh. today on the D line, man. I saw some interesting looks, and they did their job, man. Aiden Hutchinson and Chuck Harris. Those guys are legit, man. Those are those are legit edge rushers. Yeah, and that's not even like our full. We have a lot of guys who's hurt right now. A lot of guys in the D line who's hurt, and that's that's the scary part. I think Chuck Harris, man. Like, I, I know they brought him back to be a rotational piece, and that, that that's really good and all, but like. This guy could start, dude. I have no problems with Chuck Harris starting. He's yeah. a starting edge rusher. I mean, yeah, me neither. But that's the thing. They have a lot of guys that could start. Yeah. <laughs> like John Pascal, he's a stud. He's also a stud, man. Yeah, well, we got to see Josh Pascal. And then, you know, Romeo, we know about him when he's healthy. He's he's a different animal. Yeah. And, you know, in the interior, really, you know, Levi's hasn't been there. This game, we haven't seen. This game, this game we didn't see. Um, Ali McNeil because he was out, he was out because yeah. he's a lock. So yeah. I mean, even though that we look great, I mean, we could be even better, which is yeah. the scary part. The, you know, the thing that I wish, I, or not wish, but like, I I can't wait to see, and I hopefully get to see, it, and I just hope Romeo is almost the same guy that he he was before. Romeo has never had a guy alongside him of like, man, like he's like always been the only guy in the the D line to really carry it to ever. Uh, like start any type of pass rush. I want to see Romeo with Aiden Hutchinson. Like I want to see what we saw in 2020 with Romeo Aquara, 2019 Romeo Aquara. I want to see that type of version with him. And I know it's going to be tough because he's coming off a ruptured Achilles, but like if we can get like a very close version of that Romeo Aquara, uh, like I, I think the sky is the limit with that guy with Aiden Hutchinson to play alongside a guy with Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson would be so fun to watch in my opinion. Yeah, that's why we're seeing. That's why Charles Harris is standing out so much because so much attention is going to Aiden Hutchinson. They yeah. get a lot of one-on-one opportunities, and he's able to wreak havoc. Man, he's doing a good job for his his preseason, but I think in the, in, the, in the regular season we're gonna be seeing it as well. How, how do you like that look? You called NASCAR. We were on playback today. You called the NASCAR look. How do you like that look of the line just sending all four pass rushers on you know obvious passing situations? It's third and long. I think it was Charles Harris on the outside. Then you had was it was it Austin Bryant? I want to say Austin Bryant. Then in the inside, it was Kaminsky and Hutchinson. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of teams do it. Um, mostly teams that do it is is the NASCAR. Pretty much what the NASCAR is is pretty much like a it's, it's a pass rush with you know your defensive ends and linebackers. You know, you pretty much you put your fastest you know your fastest pass rush. And you pretty much send them at the quarterback, yeah. so there's no there's no D tackles. There's pretty much linebackers and defensive ends. Now the, the Lions were doing that with Aiden Hutchinson in the middle, and um, you know they had Charles Harris, Austin Bryant, 
and Kaminsky. Lula, and Kaminsky, yeah. So it was good, man. It, it, with that, and I think that package, what they showed today, could be even better if they so had much their full, better. if so they had their full, better. if they had their full, you know, defensive ends out there. But um, even with that, we saw how quickly the, that pocket collapsed. So on third downs, I think they're gonna give teams hell on third downs. Um, yeah. if they go in that, if they go in that package. Dude, I mean, you could have a package of third and long, full speedy Julian Aquara. His best attribute is going to the quarterback. When he, the thing that makes Julian Aquara so good and like something he's already really good at right now is just he's speedy. He can get to the quarterback. The problem is why he's not a consistent starter right now, if he's healthy, is that he's not great at containing the edge on running plays. But on obvious passing situations, have a situation of Julian Aquara, Aiden Hutchinson, Charles Harris, and like. Romeo Quara, that is that is freaking filthy. I think that'd be so filthy. Yeah, it's gonna be, be good, f- man. I can't I can't wait to see it in the regular season. That'd be fun, man. That'd be a lot of fun. And like you said, you saw a little bit of it today, and it was fun. Even with John Kaminsky, even with Austin Bryant, like they made it fun, dude. Austin Bryant, another solid game for him, dude. Another solid game for him. He had a, he had a, just had a really rock solid. Good camp, man. Just a good good training camp for Austin Bryant. Stayed healthy yeah. and produced. He had a great camp. You know, he was a guy who we didn't really think he was going to even make this goddamn team because yeah, of his health. 50-50. He was a 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, that's being nice to say 50-50. It was more like a more like a 40-60, maybe he not make this roster. I had him. I, you know, if you asked me day one if he was going to make the roster, I was going to tell you no. Well, I mean – because they drafted obviously Hutchinson, then they drafted yeah. Pascal in the second. Um, you assume like like just assuming that these guys were going to be healthy going to camp because you can't predict injuries, right? Yeah. The only the only guy you could predict that might have not been there was Romeo Quar because he was obviously still recovered from the ruptured Achilles. But other than that, I mean Austin Bryant just took advantage of what was given to him. There was some injuries, and instead of just being another guy, he played well. He didn't just he's he's not he wasn't just there because they needed a body. He actually produced and I think he legitimately earned a roster spot. He's not making this roster just because, you know, they need bodies right now. I mean they need bodies, let's not lie, but he played well and he deserved this spot. Yeah, they need bodies for sure. <laughs> but no, he, he definitely played well he definitely played well, especially in that joint practice, man. He he tore he tore them up <laughs> with the Colts. Yeah. And that last game versus the Colts too. Yeah, the, the Saturday game. Yeah, he took he took anything with the Colts personally. Defense, man, they they looked good today. Um, you know, they, they they looked very solid today. The Lions' offense with with the quarterback situation and whatever was going on there, um, they put the they put the defense in some very tough spots with Campbell going for on a fourth and one or fourth and two on their own, like twenty six. You were pissed. Didn't You're convert pissed. that. I, the reason why I was pissed is it just gave me PTSD of last year when they were doing that shit. And I was like, just please do not bring that into the regular season. I'll let it fly just because it was, you know, tra- or preseason, but just please do not bring that into the regular season. Um, but yeah, I mean, the defense was put in some very tough spots. You had Tim Boyle, you know, throwing an interception and the other team returning it all the way to like R20 or 25, something like that, or whatever. And then, uh, like I said, the the fourth and one that didn't end up converting. So two really tough spots, and the Lions hold them, held them to three points both times. So really good stuff. And first, Pittsburgh's first-team offense, which, again, not the greatest offense. You know, it's like not a world-beater offense. But 
hey, saw some encouraging signs. We'll take it. Yeah. They, they, they still have their own. I think the defense, the first team defense, I'm not giving up any touchdowns, being put in bad positions. They they did what they needed to do. The the offense, on the other hand, was 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 terrible today. They just couldn't move the ball, man. They could not move the ball. Their biggest play in the first half was it has to be that draw play, right? Oh, yeah, Jamar Jefferson. I, I mean, honestly, the the only bright spots on the offense was the running backs. That was yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, thought the backup offensive line did a solid job today. I think yeah, the start, they, they, starting O line after a couple rocky drives to start the game, they they improved a little bit. They were solid in pass pro. The run pro wasn't great. Yeah, they wasn't right when they started to realize that yeah, maybe they should um block TJ TJ Watt. Yeah, dude, that first drive was disgusting. They was like, all right, let's just keep them. You know, this is not block them. Yeah, TJ, that's how they started the game. TJ went untouched for like four plays in a row. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, the offense, they just couldn't move the ball. And that's, like, why, you know, you were saying about, like, the receiver separation. Like, even when we had our first-team guys out there, there just was no offense out there. I mean, we had Amin Rossi Brown out there. We had DJ Chark out there. We had um, Josh Reynolds out there. They weren't doing jack shit, the, the quarterbacks. Yeah. I want to – man, you know, I was really hoping I was going to be able to see more of DJ, DJ Shark. In this preseason, like we we haven't got much of him. It's hard because <laughs> the sergeant out there. I mean, just he just never had an opportunity. I mean, yeah, because like, I think he only played one. He only played one preseason game before before this one, right? He played the Atlanta game, yeah, and it was only that yeah. one drive. Yeah. So yeah, just not really much of an opportunity. I you know once the regular season rolls around, there's going to be a role for him on this team. Oh, absolutely. All right, um, we got a request. We'll take some requests now. Do you got anything else to add on this game, Malcolm, or do you want to take the no, request? No, I'm, I'm done. Uh, every time I think about this game and think about these backup quarterbacks, it's making my head hurt. So, right, yeah, let's please. Get, let's please get some people's perspective. Else. We got Mo. Mo's been waiting for a minute, so I apologize. Kyle, we'll get you after. What's up, Mo? Oh, my God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huh? How do you have, yeah, can't how do that. you have a starting offensive line and receivers and not, not do anything with that? I say cut both the quarterbacks and just find one in the find one for agency. One. Two, are y'all so confident that uh Julian's gonna make the roster? Julian O'Connor's gonna make the roster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, so the first question about cutting both of them. Let me tell you why this is a bad idea and why you kind of have to keep one of them on the roster at least until, like, week three, okay? The reason why, if you cut both of them, and if you cut both of them and say you bring somebody in, okay, you have to do that, like, today. You have to cut them both today or tomorrow and bring in another guy as soon as possible so they can, you know, get in that playbook as soon as possible. Because say if, you know, week one, maybe the third play of the game, something happens to David uh, to Jared Goff, and now that backup is in. He doesn't know the playbook. Then what? You know, you'd be in a really bad spot. So the best thing for them to do, unless they're going to do it like now and couple from now and bring somebody else in so and get them up to speed as quick as possible on that playbook, you're going to probably have to keep one and then probably bring in somebody else, have them get caught up to speed with the playbook. Once they get comfortable, then you could cut the other guy. 
It's possible though, Mo. Like I don't I don't think it's gonna happen like right now. I think it could happen like Malcolm was saying, like week three, maybe week four. But like I was telling these guys, I'm like, how much of a like long shot is like they just don't bring either of these guys on the initial fifty three and they just wait for the waiver wire and just claim somebody or sign somebody or whatever. I I mean there is two weeks before the regular season. So it's not like it's like a couple days before the uh, before the season starts, and you know they they don't have that much time to, you know, take a grasp on the playbook. But you probably have to take one of Boyle or Blau into the regular season, and then maybe you carry a quarterback three on the active roster or on the practice squad, and then just get rid of one of them after that. Yeah, that'll probably be the smartest thing to do. Now, if they if they do it quickly and just like tonight, <laughs> they're both gone, and it brings somebody else in like tomorrow. That'll probably be the only way I think something like that will work. So they get the full two weeks of getting the playbook, getting adjusted to the players, and stuff like that. Now, as far as Julian Cora, I know you know more about this than I do, Tyler. So Julian Cora, does he make the team? Um, I I think so. I mean, the, Campbell's been talking optimistically how he thinks he's going to be ready. He's the most ready of the guys that are not playing right now, like the injured guys like Levi and um, Jerry and all those guys, whatever, right? he's the most ready to returning on the field and they are hopeful that he could play week one. So I, I think there's a spot for Julian Aquar. Yeah. I, and I talked about this before. I think he's just too raw um, to just let go so early like this. I think, I think they just need more time with him. I know he's not, he's been hurt and hasn't been on the field, but shit, I don't know, man. I think he just needs some more time because I think he could still be a really good player, you know, with, with time. I mean, I don't think he's a long-term lock. I think for now that he, he will probably make this team. But, like, you know, let's say Austin Bryant and, you know, Julian's not producing one like Pascal and Romeo are back. I don't think Julian's necessarily a lock long-term. They can maybe look to move on from him at that point. But I think going to the season, I expect the corner to make, Julian the corner to make this team. Yeah. They said that he might come back. He might be back for the Eagle game, so he might be practicing soon. Yeah, they're, they're expecting him. They said they're the most hopeful for him out of the injured guys that – you know, that are going to be activated on game one. So, so we'll see. Yeah, one more thing before I get out of here. You know it's bad. You know it's bad when somebody texts you and asks what's going on with the quarterback. If I was a wide receiver trying to make the team based off of today, I would, I would assume I'm getting cut because nobody, I would say, five through seven really had any separation. You're saying the receivers were set up to fail? Is that, is that, is that what you said? Man, if I was trying to make the team, I definitely feel like I'm getting cut off of who my quarterback was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they they are going to be set up to fail. Cephas, Kennedy, who else? Templeton. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Funch is too. I mean, he's a tight end, but if you want to throw him in the, the competition as well. But yeah, it, it, there just wasn't much, man. There's. Yeah, they're rough. They've been rough this whole camp, the whole preseason. They just didn't really show flashes at any point, which, yeah, kind of like what we alluded to. Just I didn't know what they saw to to them bringing both of them back. So, so what do you think would probably be the best thing to do? What do you think they should kind of like evaluate all the games and practices together for the, the those guys or to the effect? Because this game was just bad. I think yeah. all around offensively was just bad. 
If you go by this game, <laughs> if you go by this game, everybody that played offensively probably shouldn't be on this roster. If you go by this game, because that's not how bad it looked. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to judge for the whole preseason in camp. You're not just judging off of one game. I know it's the most recent game, and that's the one we're going to be talking about the most because it's the most fresh in our mind. But, no, they're going to – once they have to cut this roster down on Tuesday, they're going to evaluate everything and, you know, who, who did what, who has been available and whatnot, right? I, they're going to they're gonna factor in everything. All right, Mo. All right. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Have a good one, man. Uh, I'm gonna get Kyle up in here. Kyle, what's Hello, up? Man? What's going on? Good man. How, you doing? How are you? What's up, Kyle? What's going on? How are you guys? Good man. Uh, what you got? I'm, I'm, my headache is going away, but I'm alright. <laughs> all right. My first question: Do you guys think if they get a different quarterback, do you think they'll trade for one or find off waivers? going to be interesting. Um, I wouldn't be shocked with Brad just saying, F this. I don't even want to wait till Tuesday for the waiver wire and the roster cut down. Let me just go trade for a quarterback now. I don't have, I don't care that I have to give a six-round pickup or seventh-round or maybe even a fifth-round pick. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see a trade as soon as tomorrow, maybe even tonight. I feel like with the situation now, I kind of regret them not maybe trading up a little to go get Howe because – before this season, and Howell didn't have a lot of help at UNC. Before this season, he was first-round talent, and he slipped to, what, the fifth? Yeah. I feel like they should have taken a chance on him. They could have. I mean, right now, the commanders look like they awarded him the backup quarterback spot. He beat out Heineke, so he's going to back up Carson Wentz. And, and if they got a backup quarterback in the fifth round, I mean, I don't think that's bad value. I mean, if it's a guy that you view – that could be on your team for a while, a guy that you have hope if he ever has to come into a game, then, yeah, it's not a bad idea. And I, I, I look at Howell like that. I mean, if you got him in the fifth round and he's my backup quarterback for the next 10 years, that, that's a successful pick, even though he's a quarterback that you don't ever want to start. But a fifth-round pick, you've got a guy that could be on your team for a while. I, I don't disagree. I feel like he has potential maybe, maybe to come start for a team. He's been looking pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, and at that point, it's round five. So, like, even if, if he is just a yeah. backup, that's completely fine in my opinion. Yeah. Do so. you guys think – do you think they'll cut Iggy Buke? Malcolm, what do you got here with Iggy? <laughs> um, I, I – it feels, it, it feels up to me. I would because – I agree with that. I, the, the other guys are just better to me. You know, yeah, you look at Justin Jackson, Jackson, Craig Reynolds, they're both better. Now, I think I'll probably you probably have to factor in who's you know, who's better at special teams. Yeah. I just I don't know, man. I, I, I like what just what Justin Jefferson was able to do today, even on special teams. He did well on special teams, yeah. And he and he surprised. also go ahead, go oh ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. he also was a backup. You know, he was a media backup for the Chargers when he was there. So yeah. Having him as a fourth running back is is huge for Detroit. I mean, now they have Spiller there, and they have uh, I forgot his name on the uh, Chargers. Runtree, Larry Runtree. Uh, it's him, and the, I think there's a guy from uh, UCLA that got drafted there. Oh, Kelly, Joshua Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Oh, Joshua yeah. Kelly. Joshua so Kelly. There's a lot of depth there. Yeah. Anyways. 
But I was surprised to see Reynolds out there in the fourth quarter. I thought he was a lock at three. I did too, man. I, I was shocked. That was my probably my yeah. biggest takeaway. Where like I was the most shocked with that with with Craig Reynolds playing so late in the game. I mean, I thought yeah, like you just said, he I thought he was a lock to be on this fifty three man roster, probably as the as the RB three. But I think you can make an argument between all these guys right now. I think the only ones that are locks in this RB room are Swift and and Jamal. Um, as of right now, I, I originally had Iggy in my 53, but if I had to make one right now, I think I have him a little outside right now. I think I have Jackson and, uh, and Reynolds just ahead of him. I agree with that. One more question. Between Benson, Kennedy, and Cephas, who, do you think they'll keep two, one, or none? All right. All right. So with this situation, I think you would have to really go by, you know, you, you have to use your gut on this one. Yeah. The reason why I say that is because Cephas was hurt. Majority of camp, he was hurt. He didn't. He didn't really do nothing besides you saw him in his preseason game. But his first, his first action since he got hurt. Uh, I mean, if you want to go by tape, you have to say, okay, you know, Tom Kenny had the best preseason out of all of them. You know, he was the most productive guy. But who is the better receiver out of all three of them? And that's where you gotta put your, you, know, you gotta use your gut. And if you ask me, I think it's, I think it's Cephas. Yeah, I think Cephas. I, I think Cephas offers more. You can use him on the outside. You can use him on the inside. I think he's more reliable as a receiver, not not health wise. Because yeah, Lord, he hasn't been really too healthy. <laughs> but um, as far as like reliable, as far as you throw the ball up, you know, you, you have a feeling he's gonna get it. Yeah. So I think he's a better receiver. So I would go Cephas. You could carry both of them though, in a, in a hypothetical. You yeah, think they, they would they, go Cephas Benson or Cephas Kennedy? That's a good question because, I, again, I had the same concerns with Tom Kennedy. I, like, I just don't know what his role in this team is. I, if you carry him on this roster, what are you doing with Tom Kennedy? I mean, he doesn't do much special teams. You have better receivers than him. What's the, what's the use? What are you going to do with Tom Kennedy? If I like he, Benson. I don't know why. I say well, The thing with Benson, at least he offers you some special teams. He can play kick returner. So, like, if you don't carry Ikebuke – you could then maybe put Benson in that kick returner spot, or you could put one of those running backs that we, like we saw today. Like I don't know. I, I think Benson gives me a little more versatility than than TK, and it just as a as a player that could do a little more than just be a, a slot receiver. Yeah, I agree with that. So it's tough. A lot of decisions to be made. Tough. It's a lot of decisions on every yeah. every position. Yeah. All right, Kyle. I appreciate, right, appreciate you, man. you guys. All yeah. right. Have, Have a good one. night. Yeah, Malcolm, man. A lot of tough decisions. I'm more confused than I was when we made our 53-man episode a couple days ago. Hey, man, but this is a good situation to be in. I'd rather be confused than about cutting. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather be confused about who – damn, who should we cut? You know, these guys, this guy is talented. We have, four, we have four talented guys here. Who should we cut? Like, our running back room, I know Deuce Staley's like, shit, you know, damn. <laughs> All you guys can ball, but we're only going to keep, you know, you're only gonna, we're only going to keep four of you guys or three of you guys. Most likely four. Yeah. But that, that's a good situation to be in, man. I don't mind that situation. Yeah. I'd rather be in that situation than to say, okay, he's going to make the roster by default. All right. We're just going to put definitely. this guy here. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's here by default. I mean, we have nobody else. All right, welcome. I got the burning question that everyone's asking before we head off. Dan Skipper. Dan Skipper. What the fuck? What about Dan Skipper? <laughs> what about Dan Skipper? Okay, Dan Skipper initially made your 53, 
then Wait, if no, you guys, wait, if, wait, okay, wait, okay, wait, okay, wait. okay, but okay, if you listen to the whole episode or last episode, <laughs> he got cut live on air. It was pretty deep into the episode, so I don't know if everyone got to that point in the episode. It was pretty deep, okay. but Dan Skipper ended up getting cut live on the show by Malcolm. Now you got one more game whole, that was action of Dan Skipper. How are you feeling about Dan Skipper making this team? Yes or no? No, man. I don't even know how that happened, bro. We talked about this. It was an accident. It was like one of those shits, you know. It was one situation like, uh, you know, like somebody like do your paper, and you're I, like you have to I present the. I love this comparison. <laughs> you, have, you, have to, you have to do the presentation for the class, and you're just reading it, and you get to where you're like, wait, what the fuck? What? I want to say this. Who 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 did I pay this? Ten, who did I pay? Who did I pay my lunch money to do my homework? Yeah, who, who? What? So that's how that's how that's how it happened when I got down when I'm reading my 53 man roster and I got down I was like, Dan Skipper, how did, how did this happen? It's like I felt like Dan Skipper like literally came here and wrote his name his his damn self and put his name on there. <laughs> but um, I really don't know. No, no, he, he I did not have Dan Skipper making my roster 53 man roster. Um, if anything, if anything, I probably will give it to. Because I didn't see CJ Moore. He looked like he's hurt. Uh, uh, CJ Moore might not even. He's probably gonna be on the pup or something. I, I don't even know what's going on with CJ Moore. Is he gonna be on the team? Is he gonna get pup? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. I don't even know right now. Maybe go to an uh, extra, uh, extra defensive lineman. Maybe uh, the interior lineman. So, just I don't want to spoil the episode, but I think yeah, that's probably where you would go in your position. Because I think you were one short on mine on the D line. So I feel like that's where you would probably go. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you guys are interested, I think our perspectives has changed. Not, I'm not going to say it drastically. I think a lot of it's still our opinions in our 53-man episode. So if you guys want to go listen to that, it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it with me and Malcolm. So you guys can go listen to that one. Opinions have changed a little bit on some guys, I think. But I think for the most part, it's pretty much on par of what we think. So if you guys want to go check that out, definitely go check that out. We just dropped that episode on Friday night. So it should be on your guys' feed if you haven't already checked it out. Um, and you got anything else, Malcolm? That's all I got. That's all I have, man. My family's looking at me because they're ready to watch Big Brother. I'm not sure anybody here watches Big Brother, but my family's like huge on Big Brother. So they're all looking at me like, oh, Malcolm, like we're about to, we need to watch Big Brother. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's get it going. Go enjoy your show. Thank you guys so much for all the support. We will have a Hard Knocks Tuesday edition, so stay tuned for that. And then we'll break down the 53-man roster, so look out for that episode some type, uh, some some way on this week. We'll have that out some uh, at some point this week. So thank you guys so much, and we're out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.